Hi everyone and welcome to The Raw Show with Michael McDonald and I have a very special guest, we have Paul Mort with us today. Paul, thanks for joining us. No problem my friend, thanks for asking, I'm excited. Alright, so for the, the handful of people that have no idea who you are mate, share with us your, your background, what, who you are, what, what you do and we'll, we'll dive in. Dude, we could be here all day talking about this. Anyhow, let's say, let, let, me, let me cut a, a long story very short. Right now, I run a company called Unstoppable Bastards, which is a unique program that helps ambitious men get their shit together via something that's kind of famous, which is the 90-day man's formation. So uh, I ended up here via several incidents that occurred, not least two years ago. In fact, three years ago, this week, I stood on the edge of a cliff, ready to jump, and ended up in a hospital, mental hospital for three days, with the wow. suicide watch team at my house on Christmas Day. We call it the dreaded Christmas. And I ended up there via um, many years of hustling and grinding to be a success in my business, which that was one area that I was pretty good at, making money. Um, I ended up miserable, I ended up fat, I ended up resentful, um, and I'd sacrificed my mental health, my physical health, almost sacrificed my marriage, all in the hope of being successful in business. But don't get that twisted. I'm not a guy who's going to say um, money isn't everything. Listen, I love money and I want to make lots of it, and it's important. Mm. But I'm not prepared to do it, sacrificing all of those things anymore, because it's not that important. So I got there via multiple different businesses. I was a, um, a personal trainer back in the day. I created a franchise that was pretty successful. From there, I moved to Marbella. And then I started coaching other personal trainers and other fitness instructors and other business owners on how to get more clients, make more sales, and have a life that didn't have them chained to the prison of their personal training and fitness business. I then started a supplement company called Lean Greens. And in 2016, I sold that business and did all right out of it. Um, right now, I still coach other fit pros and other business owners on, on how to make more money. And I also have the Unstoppable Bastards thing, which right now is exploding, which is very nice to see. Yeah, I also box in my spare time. I started that 18 months ago, maybe maybe 19, 20 months ago actually now. Um, and I've done a bunch of other cool shit this year, which if you want to find out about, head on over to Paul Mort. So check out my Facebook page because I've actually, as we're recording this, just made a post listing my wins of, of 2018. But again, don't get this twisted. I still mess up. I still get down every now and again. I, uh, I also didn't mention that I've also been diagnosed bipolar, but I'm not at the at-risk list anymore. So yeah, I've done, a, done some cool shit, made a lot of mistakes, um, and still human. So yeah, that's, that's pretty much me. I probably missed a, a bunch of other things out, but yeah. Everyone's right. hearing that by now. <laughs> No, I mean this. This is something obviously I've been I've been meaning to have for just just talking before we started the recording of I think it was over seven years ago. Yeah, so this has been ago. this has been seven years in the making. This Paul, so I'm I'm excited to to crack on. So what what would you say was the the common theme between the moving from the boot camps and the the lean greens and then coaching PTs all the way to to work to working through with helping other guys, you know, in, in multiple areas. Are there any common that's themes great, that you've noticed? Dude, that's a great question. The common theme is that I don't teach anything that I'm not currently doing. So what I want, and this is interesting, because it hasn't always been like this, actually. I want people to experience the success that I experienced. Mm. So it doesn't matter when I became a personal trainer, I became a personal trainer because I was fat. I was a fat engineer and I lost weight. I started coaching other PTs, because I was a successful personal trainer. I started coaching mm. other bootcamp owners because I was a successful bootcamp owner. I started a greens company because I took a greens drink and it made me feel great. Mm -hmm. I started Unstoppable Bastards because I transformed my entire life, my entire mindset, and wanted other men to experience the same. As, as simple as that, dude. Yeah, yeah. So it's so it, it, it almost stems from something that you've experienced, or you sort of walk in the walk, so to speak, and then helping well, others do the same. Well, I think that I think that, and this is a quite a big statement and quite a brash and arrogant statement to make. But I think I'm a leader. I think I like to lead people. 
I like to lead people and I like to lead people by example. So that's uh, it. That's, that's, uh, are, are there any moments when that, that started for you? Because obviously you started off being a, a PT and running boot camps and things. Did it, did it start then or did you not realize it until later no, on? You know what, my God, I'm not quite sure. I, I think subconsciously or unconsciously it happened when I became a personal trainer. I think it consciously started happening when actually started happening on twofold. One, people started asking me how I'd created this successful business. And two, people started talking shit about me. Those two mm. things go hand in hand. Yeah. So it's kind of, that's when I would say it started to happen. And then across the board, right through, that's, those two things have gone hand in hand. People asking me how I'm doing it and people talking shit about me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's almost yeah. like the, the friction caused the fire, so to speak. Absolutely, and- dude. They both go hand in hand. No doubt about it. All right, so what, what, what would you say um, was the point? Because obviously with the, with the boot camps and the, yeah. the lean greens and everything, yeah. at what point did you decide to, to look back and help others do the same thing? So were there any defining moments where you thought, actually, maybe I can do it or maybe I'm, I'm ready to turn around and help others? I'm going to be brutally honest here. People gave me money. <laughs> mm. People asked to give me money. And, that, and you know what? Right. Man, there's a lot to be said. I teach something called How to Be Unstoppable. It's a free webinar training. I'll do another one soon. But I teach something there. It's a very simple concept that I live by. That, again, if, I think if you live by something and you get results from something, it, it qualifies you, if you like, to teach it to others, if you live it. Not just mm. learning it and then teaching it. I think you have to live it to understand it and to be able to teach it. Is that I teach this concept of modeling, which is something that I learned a long, long time ago from Tony Robbins. And he basically says the fastest way to get successful is to find somebody that's already successful and copy them, model them. That's it. So I modeled people for I modeled people for a long time, and I always have had coaches. I didn't start to get successful until I hired until I hired a coach. Simple as that. And I've had mm-hmm. numerous coaches. I've probably got three right now. Whether it's boxing, whether it's business, whether it's from a meditation practice, whatever it is, I have coaches. And that's what I think happened to me. People wanted to model me. And I encourage people to model me because I was modeling other people. Listen, we're not reinventing the wheel here, finding people who are doing what you want to do and asking them how they did it. That's mm. kind of the, that's really the common theme here. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So is, is there anything to be said for this, this idea of, of trying to see what works for you versus doing what works for somebody else? That's very interesting. Bruce Lee said it. He said um, something about find what is useful and pretty much adjust it, adjust it to suit you. So literally study everything, find shit that's useful, try it, and if it works for you, keep doing it. Listen, the, the other thing is I like to say is that I probably made more mistakes than anybody else. That's what has allowed me to move faster. Mm. I just, we were just talking before this. I got beaten in a fight on Friday. Yeah. Even the balls to get in a ring. I learned a lot about myself in that fight by getting put on my ass, getting up, and then dominating the fight from after I got dropped. But unfortunately, the fight wasn't long enough for me to pull the points back around. Mm. But, but, but what I'm saying is here is that mistakes are, are, are critical to moving fast. You're almost failing forwards. There's a book written on that. I can't remember who wrote it. I think it was someone Maxwell. Mm. I don't know what it's called, but it's called failing forwards. And listen, if you, if you don't try, you, you can't win. Um, so yeah, there's a lot to be said for taking what is useful and making it your own. And the thing is, yeah. you're not going to get to find out what that is until you actually try it and actually try it long enough to give it a chance. A lot of people try and do something and they give up because they suck at it. People aren't willing to be shit at something. They want to be good, but they're not willing to be shit. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it does. So, so what, what, what would you say was the defining moment for you when you actually started to take action? Because obviously this, this is stemmed from years. I mean, it's, it's kind of came to a head with the boxing and, and helping other guys. But what, what started that? This is a very simple question. The pain I was in. Every single step of the way, the thing that's triggered the change is it became more painful to stay the same than it, than it was to change. So whether that was from when I was a fat dude, from whether I couldn't pay the bills when I bought my own house, couldn't pay the bills, so I had to be successful in business. Things became less of a, that would be nice, to a, this is necessary. Mm. So basically, every step of my journey, the pain to change was less than the pain of staying the same. So that's it. I think a lot of people, when something is desirable, they don't put it all, they don't do what's required to get what's desired. They'll do what's required 
when the pain of staying the same is too much. That tends to be the case. Yeah, I, I definitely echo that. I mean, just, just from my own point of view, um, it's... It, 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 it can be difficult because from from I've not experienced as, as, as bad sort of intensity of things as yourself, Paul, but um, a lot of the time, life for a lot of people starts to get very, very, very great. It starts to get meh, I guess, is a, is a technical term, right? So, so, so people aren't, they're not actually that bad. Yeah. But then it isn't, it isn't bad enough, as you said. It isn't bad enough to get them to... Yeah, dude, Take right. the action to move away from. People just lower their expectations of themselves. Mm. They'll settle, and I'm not prepared to settle. Because I think what happens is a lot of people get to this certain point of pain, and they start to make a change, and then they stop because they forgot how much pain they were in before. They forget mm. why they started. They, they forget why they started something. We've seen it all the time with people that are overweight, people that are being broke. They get to a certain point, and they forget how much pain they were in, so they go back to their old behavior. I call it the emotional cycle of change. People start something and they're, not, they're, they're in pain and then they make this plan and they think they're full of what I'd call uninformed optimism. Yeah, it's going to change, it's going to change. And then they start doing it and then they get to what's called informed pessimism where they're like, actually, this isn't as easy as what I thought it would be. This is a little bit inconvenient. This is a bit mundane. And you know what? What I'm going to do is I'm going to go back the way I started before. That's okay. They convince themselves that it wasn't that bad. And they just repeat this cycle over and over again. You hear everybody, I'm going to start on Monday, 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 I'm going to start on January, I'm going to start on January, I'm going to start on January. Cousin of mine, just taking his first fight, he's going to do a charity boxing match to get in shape. And he said, I'm going to start in January. This was two weeks ago. I'm like, Mm. dude, you've got like another month to start. Why would you not get in? That's 12 training sessions you could get in minimum. 12 sessions fitter. 12 sessions a better boxer. 12 sessions of sparring. Why would you give your opponent like a month's head start? I don't mm. get it. So now. Yeah, yeah, it, means, it, it seems to be January, something. January's going to get, January's going to be harder. Yeah, it is. It's going to be harder because you're going to be fatter. You're going to have more shit in your body. You're going to have more booze in your body. You're probably going to be more depressed. The gym's going to be busier. Start now. What 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 are your thoughts on um, this, this idea of competition? So I'm, I'm not I'm not talking about the the competing with people that are at the, the top of their game and you're just starting. I'm I'm talking about like someone next to you who it may be a step or two ahead. What 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 are your thoughts on that? I love competition. I love it, dude. There's a, there's a, there's a few ways to look at it. Everyone says don't compare. I'm like, well, listen. Here's the thing. Most people compare themselves to someone in a worse position than them. Yeah. Because that makes them feel good. That makes them feel better. Oh, well, at least I'm not as fat as him. At least I'm not as broke as him. The Duke people do that all the time. Yeah. People talk about judging. Don't judge people. Yo, you shouldn't judge people. I'm like, dude, how the fuck else am I going to make decisions? How am I going to form an opinion unless I judge someone? It's how you make decisions. The people that tell you not to judge people are, are judging you for judging people. So let's get rid of that one. Yeah, definitely. Two ways. You can use competition two ways. You can use it to pretty much crucify yourself and say, I'm not there. Or you can use it to inspire you. You can use it to inspire you. It's as simple as that. I think the problem starts is when you compare your actual progress with ideal progress. Mm. Actual with ideal. That will keep you unhappy forever. People measure forwards instead of what I'd recommend, I actually did this today, measuring backwards. Aim forwards, but measure backwards. So don't mm. compare your progress with somebody else's progress. Compare your progress with where you started. It's as simple as that. So measure backwards. That's where all the confidence is. That's where the progress is. It's where the actual progress is, not the ideal progress. The ideal progress is irrelevant because it's based in the future. Mm-hmm. So one, measure backwards all of the time. That's the best competition you can have. Use the other people who inspire you and give you a standard to aim for, but don't measure yourself based on that. Measure backwards. Aim forwards. So, so what would you say to someone that was, was in this position? So we're, we're, not, we're not talking about people that, that always look to the best. Because I think if, if you look to the, the best, then I, th- I think two things can happen, as you said. They can either put you off because they're too far away and you think, yeah. well, I'm never going to get there. Yeah. That becomes that that's, that kind of comes back to the ideal progress, right? But then you've yeah. got 
you've got the comparing yourself to people that are doing what you want to do but it seems more realistic and then there's this idea of looking backwards because we were talking before before we started of you you don't know how well that you've done until you have this element of competition and comparing yourself to others so how how would the how would the ideal scenario look for you so the ideal scenario would look for me is that you've got to consider that they're also comparing themselves for you, to you. I've actually fell into this trap numerous times. And then I look at someone, I'm comparing me business progress to their business progress. I'm like, yeah, but the dude's working fucking 18 hours a day every day. He never sees his kids. Mm. That's it. So you've got to, if you're comparing yourself to other people, you've got to compare the whole picture. Yeah, that dude's done 2 million this year, but he's fat. <laughs> That's harsh, but true. Yeah, that dude's, that dude's killing it, but he's got no kids. Listen, the comparing yourself as a dad to people that don't have kids is like living on another planet. No shit. Yeah. It's a very different scenario if you are committed to actually being a dad. Not just being someone that... There's, there's a difference between being a dad and being someone that has kids. A very mm. big... So you've got to compare the whole story. And I can't, I can't stress enough how measuring backwards is... How important it is. Compare the whole story measure backwards that's the only that's the only way that's the only way i can really answer this question and I, you know what man? i don't compare myself to others that much it's not it's not really me what i'm wanting to know is what are they doing that makes them successful not what am i not doing but what are they doing that makes them successful and then i can have a look at it Right, so, so so what would you say because obviously in in the back of my mind there's this element of, of modeling versus comparison how, yeah. how, how, how would you draw the distinction between those two that's the right questions that's the right what questions I'm asking myself here so not what has he got what is he doing what can I do because there's, there's a big thing that happens you know mate and you see it on Facebook all the time Facebook is a perfect place to study human behavior by the way perfect yeah, place definitely you get, you get pissed off and, I, and I've had this before you get pissed off with people that seem to be doing better than you you get pissed off with people that post all the holiday pictures, etc., etc. You see it all the time. People do. I made a post this morning, the same thing, saying maybe you think I'm a dickhead. Maybe you'll think I'm bragging. Maybe you think this, maybe you think that. Well, that's up to you. Mm-hmm. So, so what I'm saying is here is that the reason we get pissed off with these people because they're reminding us of what we're not doing. The reason you get triggered isn't because of what they've got or what they have. It's because they're reminding you of what you're not doing. So again, I can take that two ways. I can beat myself up or I can make a change. There's only those two options. I can feel sorry for myself. I can make it his fault. I can make it my fault. I can play the blame game. I can blame it on him. I can blame it on whoever or on whoever. Or I can shame myself. Or what I like to do is make it a game. Yeah, I want to make this a game now. And I think one of the biggest one of the biggest recommendations I can give people is one of the most simple things ever. When it's in your head, when this competition's imagined, your mind will show you whatever image it wants to to convince your ego that it's right. So wherever you go with your beliefs, your mind will show you whatever it needs to to convince yourself that it's right. Mm. So even if it hurts, your ego is there to protect you. Even if it hurts. Even if it sucks. So one of the big things I teach people is, listen, when it's in your head, it's a problem. When it's on paper, it's a puzzle. The good thing about a puzzle is I can create games to solve it. So actually look at the whole picture. We're not just looking at a screenshot here. Create the whole picture. Make the whole thing into a game. That's a very simple thing to do. Get that shit down on paper. Make it a puzzle. Make it a game. Then we can solve it in steps. Nice, yeah. I, mean, I definitely would echo that. I mean, it's just the... Just the... If anything, just, just peace and and just sense of being able to control something when it is down on paper. Because obviously if it's in your head, that can always change, right? There's always this element of... Yeah, and, 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 it'll, and, and if it's in your head, like I say, your, your, your mind will play a fucking movie. Your mind will <laughs> be a movie. Convincingly that it's different for them, it's different for you. He said this, she said this. This is what he meant by it. I'm like, dude, come on. You're making, it, you're making this, you're turning this into a horror movie. You're turning this whole thing into a horror movie. What's worse? What's worse, right? Check this out. Me losing the fight once or me replaying that fight and losing it over and over in my head. <laughs> Definitely you know, the second one. It's going to make me feel like shit. Yeah. All I can do to get rid of that is 
look at it. Question my thoughts around the fight. Question the truth. The truth is I lost the fight. That's it. Yeah. I can start worrying about one of the things that I would get sucked in was what, what other people think about me losing the fight. Do other people think I'm shit now? Other mm. people think I'm full of shit. Do other people think I'm weak? Do they think that I'm a shit boxer? Do they think this? Do they think that? The reality is, that's the biggest thing. The, the, the biggest thing is not failing for people. It's looking like they're failing. That's the biggest issue for people. When I get that down on paper, I can get rid of the images and look at the truth. The truth is I lost a fight and no one else gives a shit. Mm. That's it. They gave a shit for about five minutes. Now... No one else in this world is probably thinking about the fact that Paul Moore lost a fight. It's going through nobody's mind right now apart from mine. If I start to move it on a paper and get away from the fantasy land, but your head is fantasy land, now I can start to look at the reality. The reality is I lost a fight. Big fucking deal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are there any... Because obviously there's... There's this element of you've probably trained a certain part of this o yeah. over time. So it's got yeah. easier for you to do over time. If someone yeah. wanted to start doing yeah. this, yeah. what would you suggest for them? Get the book Loving What Is by Byron Katie. In fact, get the audio book. This book changed my entire life and it's the only book I'd recommend to anybody that wants to be more successful. And it's got nothing to do with success. It's got everything to do with your thoughts and what you believe. You consider this, everyone wants to know the secrets, the mindset. Here's the truth about mindset. Your mindset is a set of beliefs and assumptions that you own that are so powerful that your behavior conforms to them. Mm. So if you want to change your results, you need to change your behavior. If you want to change Definitely. your behavior, you need to change which thoughts you believe. That's it. Um, yeah, yeah, and which ones you don't, I'd imagine. Exactly. So my, my, big, my big thing is, listen, just don't believe everything you think. Don't believe everything you think. Positive thinking, some of the most positive people I know are also some of the people that struggle the most when it comes to winning. It's almost delusion. Positive thinking can create delusion. Mm. Positive thinking means jack shit if you don't do anything. And sometimes negative thoughts can be as powerful as positive thoughts. Why? Because they get you to do something. Yeah, definitely. Well, I've seen at the start, negative thoughts can get you to change things. Yeah, I, th I think it comes back to this idea of, of making where you are that, or at least feel that bad, yep. where you then do something about it. Yeah, it can be that. Some people will be more motivated by moving away from pain than they are about moving towards pleasure. It's mm. as simple as that. All right, so this is going to be a little bit of a... A little bit of a segue because I know that you you mentioned meditation before. So, what what what's your what was your meditation practice like, and how how would you say you've benefited from it? So, listeners, I tried to meditate for about fifteen years. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> I tried to meditate about fifteen years. You can you can consider that a man like me who who was bipolar and who was a thousand miles an hour, and who Michael may have you may have had to slow the podcast down to like listen to it on like 0.5 speed rather than full speed <laughs> what i'm saying is meditation is a practice that a lot of people have recommended i mean if you look around successful people almost all of them meditate mm -hmm. the mistake that i made and the mistake that most people make is thinking they have to empty their mind of thoughts mm. unfortunately we are not in charge of our thoughts we're not in charge of which ones come in and thoughts just happen like the weather thoughts just fucking happen we are not in control of them. And in fact, the truth is, as soon as you lie down or sit down, you will actually think more mm. than you do. Why? Because you're not doing anything. You're not doing anything. If you're doing something, your thoughts are less. If you're not doing anything, your thoughts are more. Example, when I fight, when I do public speaking, the thoughts before when I'm doing nothing are worse than what's actually happening in the moment in the ring, getting punched in the face, or when I'm speaking on the stage, which I did the week before, I had 60 guys, the most guys I've ever had at one event, for unstoppable, I had 60 guys in a room and I'm speaking for 11 hours. And the, the thoughts before were worse than the thoughts during. Why? Because I'm doing, not thinking. Anxiety only happens when you're thinking, not mm. when you're doing something. It goes away. 
So meditation will help with that. With all of those scenarios. Why? Because all I have to do is this. This is me meditation practice. I have a set of mantras. I actually call them unstoppable attitudes. The system that I use is a system that I learned from the Ashaya monks. It's called Ascension. On the back of that, we create our own version of this called Unstoppable Ascension. And all we do is this. I know the thoughts are going to come. And it's up to me whether I follow them or not. And I end up down a rabbit hole. What I use is these series of attitudes, which are kind of like mantras. And I just think them in my head. I almost repeat them in my head. What this does is, it anchors me down from the thoughts because I can't be repeating these mantras to myself mentally and thinking other thoughts at the same time. It's impossible, right? Yeah. I can't, I can't think one thing and think something else at the same time. That's my meditation practice. 12 minutes a day minimum. I usually do two 20 minutes a day. One when I wake up, which is very hard. It's hard. And then one after lunch, which I kind of disguise as a little nap. The benefits of meditation are very simple. They teach me how to, what I'd call, divert my attention. So one of the things with, with um, anxiety is that I suffer terribly from it. In mm-hmm. fact, a year ago in August, I was on a flight to Chicago, and halfway through the flight, I had a giant panic attack. I had to get sedated for the rest of the flight. Right, well. But obsessed with, listen, how we're going to fix this anxiety thing. And the technique that I learned was diversion which is taking my thoughts from this one, this route to madness, this route to insanity and panic attacks, is diverting my attention to thinking about something else. That's it. If, I, if I'm thinking about something else, I'm not having a panic attack. If I'm thinking about the things that are causing me to be anxious, then I'm having a panic attack, period. Meditation helps me with this. Because if you think about it, when I said I use these mantras, why do I do that? to divert me away from those other bullshit thoughts that are in my mind. So there's that benefit. The other benefit is meditation is incredibly restful. Like there's some study proven that it can be more restful than sleep. The third piece is that one of the biggest things for me is it allows me to create space in from when something happens and my reaction. Mm. That's one of the biggest benefits. So let's say something happens and I'm snappy, and I'm reactive. Meditation yep. allows me almost to buy time there. So those are three of the studies. It also teaches me focus. Why? Because I can't be focused on my thoughts and focused on my attitudes at the same time. It's impossible. So yeah, there's just four very simple benefits of it. And it's something to do with meditation. There's a study being done saying that meditation is the only thing that something to do with happiness. I can't remember what it is, but meditation also teaches me to be present with the people I'm around rather than focus on something else. One of the biggest things I see with men, bear in mind, I only coach men, sexist. I've never been a woman, so I don't know what it's like. (laughs) I probably acted like a fucking menopausal woman at some point in my life. (laughs) (laughs) What I'm saying is this, is that one of the biggest things I see with modern men is that they're not present at all. They're with their family, but their minds at the office. Yeah. They're with their kids, but their minds on what's happening in their emails and on their Facebook account. Huge mistake. If I'm not present, I can't listen. If, if you've got kids that are seeking attention, guess what? That's what you need to give them. <laughs> Period. Yeah, definitely. Oh, kids just want attention all the time. I'm like, yes. They're also teaching you. You don't give them any attention, even though you're with them. Time and attention are two very different things. So yeah, that's meditation in a nutshell, buddy. All right, awesome. So it it seems like there's there's a lot of common problems or issues or concerns that you see around, around us guys, right? Yeah. So aside from this idea of not being present, because obviously you you run this this ninety day transformation, right? You, you tell me it's it's quite a powerful thing, which is great. Yeah. Are, there, are there any other any other elements to that that you're prepared to share? Yes, state management is a huge deal. So in this, in, in this process of the transformation, we work over five Fs. So instead of just four, most men are one-dimensional as fuck. Basically, mm. they spend almost all of their time at work, all their attention, all their energy on work. And I said money's important. It is. Got to pay them bills. But we tend to do so while sacrificing everything else. So we have five areas that we work on. We have focus, which is our mindset. We have fitness, which is obviously your health, your body, your energy. 
We have uh, family, which is developing our relationships. We have finance, which is obviously making cheese, putting money in your bank account. And then we have fun, which most men kind of forget to have. That's why they end up drunk and on all sorts of other shit on a weekend. Mm. So we try and develop these five areas at the same time. And we do so by investing in all five of them every single day. That's pretty much it. But one of the first things that we have to do is take control of our state. You think about this, depression, uh, anxiety, overwhelm, stress. These are all things that are created. They're all state-based. Mm. They're all state of mind. They're yeah. not caught. They're not handed down. You don't catch depression. You create depression. The beautiful thing about creating these states of depression, anxiety, overwhelm, stress, is that you can also create the opposite feeling. You can also create the opposite state of mind. So everything we do is set up to change state, whether that's working out, whether that's through appreciation messages, whether that's through tracking wins, whether that's through meditating, whether that's through study, whether that's through execution, whatever it is, most of it is set up to, to create peak state, physical, mental, and emotional. So yeah. I think I think as well it sort of comes back to like we, we do things for for particular reasons and to achieve certain feelings. So obviously a, a feeling I would I would say was to do with state as as you mentioned. Yeah. So we we tend to do things to to achieve a certain outcome, to achieve a certain feeling or to move away from one. So I like I, I quite like the idea that that you try to you try to put practices in place and, and, and do things on a daily basis that move away from the negative, you know? The thing is Michael, there's nothing more important than how we feel. Nothing more important than how we feel. And we're also in charge of how we feel. That's what people forget. You're in charge of how you feel. You're not giving away to feel. You're in charge of it. People forget this. Oh, I wake up feeling depressed. Well, guess what? I woke up feeling depressed every fucking day this week. Yeah. The way it is, I'm exhausted. Last weekend, I had a fight. The weekend before that, I ran two 11-hour events in two days. So I was smoked. I trained for a fight. I had to drop weight for the fight. So I was exhausted. So every day this week, I've struggled. But guess what? I am aware that I am in control of the way I feel. We just think emotions happen. They don't. We create these feelings. It's as simple as that. And once you're aware that you create them, guess what? You then have a choice to make. And it's up to you what you choose. It's as simple as that. So what, what would you say to someone that might have some resistance around believing this? So this, this is a conversation that, that can happen. It's something that I've had to experience. Is the, they tend to have resistance around believing that they actually create it versus something that happens to them. What, 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 what would you say about that? Here's a simple reason why. It's easier for them to stay in the current state because I never said this didn't require effort. It's very mm. simple. It's just, it just requires effort. It's as simple as that. For some people, you know when people say I'm depressed, I'm, I've got this shit job, I hate being fat. It's easier mm -hmm. for them to stay. You know what, I've got no money. It's easier for them to stay there than it is to change. It's easier for you to stay there. Of course you're going to choose the easy option. I would too. But when you start to see results, things change. And you only have to look at my results and the results of the men that I coach <coughs> to see that it works. And again, it's a choice. Would you rather stay where you are? Most people would rather stay where the ox. It's easy. And I get it. I get it totally. I, mm -hmm. I don't, I'm not going to try and force anyone to change. There's no point in that. If it's force, it's never going to remain the same. If it requires too much willpower, it's not going to work either. The problem is with willpower is that it runs out. What I can yeah. say about that is that no one ever fucks up their breakfast. So the things that require the most willpower, do them first thing in the morning. No one ever messes up their, bre their breakfast. They always mess up on a nighttime with the nutrition and the mm. booze. That's when they mess up. So if it requires willpower, it's a sign that you're, not, you're doing something that you don't enjoy. But guess what? Sometimes you have to do that. So get, take it, get it taken care of first thing in the morning. How you do your morning is how you finish your day, pretty much. How mm. you set up in the morning will determine how you, how you do the rest of the day. It, 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 it seems like there's there's definitely something there for that, you know. Like we, we do, we do tend to run out of energy. And you mentioned willpower and things in yeah. the evenings. I know, I know, I do. I mean, I'm yeah. I'm also diabetic, Paul. So I, I know only too well the. <laughs> the, the anger and the frustration that can happen in the evenings when you start yeah. telling yourself that it'll be okay, you'll be all right. 
I can't believe I've done that again. Yeah. I know. Yeah, definitely. So, did so did did, did did you any um did you have any morning things yourself? The things that you do yourself, Paul, in the morning yes. to make sure that you make the most my, of your day. Here's my exact morning. One, meditate. As soon as I wake up, I get out of the bed and I actually go and sit in my son's gaming chair and I meditate straight away. It's the hardest time to meditate because your mind wants to. If you're excited and you you've got shit to do, that's all you can think about. So I mm. slow down. First thing I say to people is slow the fuck down. Because if not, you'll probably end up, if you're, if you're a creator like me, if you're in business, you've got creating to do. So slow down. Otherwise, if you play that story of overwhelm and I've got too much to do, that's exactly what's going to happen. You're going to feel overwhelmed. Overwhelm, it's impossibly overwhelmed by a thing because overwhelm is a thought about a thing. That simple. So slow down. The second thing I do is I write down three wins from the day before. Three things that went well for me. Why? Because the mind's happiest. A human is happiest when he's making and seeing progress. So track progress every morning. The next thing I do is I do the work by Byron Katie. I question my thoughts every single day. Again, if you don't know what that is, go and buy the book Loving What Is. Buy the audio because it's outstanding. Mm. The next thing I do is I study. I study something business related or I study something mindset related. Then I send an appreciation message to someone in my family or friends telling them something that I appreciate about them. That's my morning. I actually don't work out in the morning. I don't work out in the morning because I, I tend to train hard. And if mm -hmm. I train hard in the morning, my energy's lacking for the rest of the day. I tend to train in the afternoons. That's just me. Sometimes if I'm in a bit of a drift, if I, if I wake up and I'm lacking energy, I, uh, I, I often go for a walk. I live on the beach, so it's a very nice walk for me. Right now, though, there's not much walking going on because it's freezing. <laughs> yeah, it is. If, I, if I do all of that and my state still sucks like if I'm still struggling sometimes that, that happens I'm human if I'm still struggling I will do something if it's 10 burpees if it's, te it's 10 burpees I'm very lucky in that I have my own boxing gym next door my very own private gym with a, with a, with a boxing ring in it I, I train in there with this, three of us training there so I've got punch bags next door I'm going to the punch bag for a few minutes I can do some star jumps so sometimes if I'm in a shit state, I'll do that. I'll do some breathing exercises. That's my morning. Yeah. The rest of the day becomes easy after that. All right. Cool. So it, it seems like you've, you, you've done a lot of, of engineering. You know, yeah. you, you, you try to do things to prevent negativity. You do yeah. things to try and promote positivity. And it seems like it's, I mean, you know, correct me if I'm wrong on this, Paul, but it seems like you, you do quite a lot that that makes the rest easier so you do a lot beforehand that makes yeah. the rest easier and it's got yeah. easier and easier over time yeah. but there might be someone listening that's like right well, well where do i start because yeah. we've got exercise we've got meditation we've got we've got what fo focus finance yeah. fitness phone and, and all of the the other yeah. things that goes into it and yeah. it's it, it can be quite. It, be, it can be quite overwhelming for people, you know. Oh, so, absolutely. You know where you have to start at the start. <laughs> That's it. So choose whichever one of them you want to go with to start with. But here's the deal: start with your schedule. Everybody says when I first start doing this, I haven't got time. I'm like, okay, let me show you my schedule. You are you. You have the same amount of time as me. Everybody knows this. The prop. The thing is, I'm in charge of my schedule. You don't have a schedule. It's like the guy that doesn't can't tell me where his time has gone will always be time poor. The same as the broke dude who can't tell me where his money's gone for the week or the month. Mm. Start with your schedule. If you do not have a schedule, you are leaving it to chance. If it's not in your schedule, it's not important enough. It's as simple as that, dude. That's where I would start. Start with your schedule and then get clear on your priorities. Your priorities are always demonstrated by your behavior. And I'm not a guy that says don't watch TV, by the way, because I fucking love watching TV. I'm not one of those. <laughs> oh, I've never watched TV for four years. I'm like, poor you, dude. Poor <laughs> you. Yeah, definitely. I don't, I don't have a TV in the house. I'm like, wow, that is boring. Yeah, I'm not yeah. that guy. But I'm sitting if you're staying up till midnight every night, what are you actually doing? Get to bed earlier, get up earlier. That's it. I'm not saying don't have fun. Get to bed earlier, get up earlier. Take care of your shit early doors. Have a schedule. Stick to your schedule. Because it's like having a deadline. You ever notice how much you get done before you go on holiday? Your productivity before you go on holiday is outstanding. Why? Because there's a deadline. Most yeah. people don't have any deadline for anything. You create deadlines. You tend to want to stick to the deadline. Even if you don't all of the time. 
You want to have a deadline, like hourly deadlines. That's why I get so much done. Listen, Michael, I only work three and a half days a week. But I guarantee that I produce more in those three and a half days a week than most men do in seven. Mm. Not because I'm superhuman, but because I create deadlines and I'm efficient. I want to get as much done as I can by burning the least amount of fuel possible. It's that simple. Like, I'm efficient. I know what to outsource, and I know that it's going to require energy. I also know that it's going to require confidence. So one of the, the two biggest things that men need to protect is their confidence and their energy. Those two things are required to get to whatever the next level is. That's it. So, so aside from scheduling and, have, and having deadlines, yeah. there's, there's, there's this talk of, of like timing things as well. So yeah. I'm not, you've probably heard of this yourself, Paul, but like you set a task, you set how long you're going to yep. take to do it and then you turn the stopwatch on and away you go for that amount of time. Is that yeah. something that, that you do or, or not? I do all the time. I use the Pomodoro technique and I do 20 minutes on, five minutes off. All the 20 minutes on a timer, five minutes off. And I try to get as many of them as I can do in a day. Yeah, that's it. And if I'm struggling, sometimes I struggle for productivity. I do what I do when I can't be bothered to train. There's not very often when I can't be bothered to train these days because I get the box. Usually when I have to lift weights, I don't particularly like lifting weights. So what I do mm. is this. I do what is called a commit to a warm-up. So if it's training, I'll be like, you know what? I'm going to do the warm-up. Instead of waiting, because a lot of people wait for motivation to show up. It's probably not going to come. So what I do is I go and seek motivation. What I mean by that is I warm up. So this might mean, so, so one thing I do is I'll commit to the warm-up. You know what? I'm just going to do the warm-up. If I don't want to do it after the warm-up, I'll go home. What starts to happen is as soon as I get moving, that motivation shows up. It's as simple as that. And that's what I do with work. I'm, in the mornings, usually on a Monday morning, I actually, people say do the biggest thing first. I'm like, but that requires a lot of motivation. Yeah, it does, yeah. I close small windows first. I'm like, you know what? It's very, it's very easy to get caught up in just doing small shit all the time. I'd be like, you know what? I'm going to do these small things first. They're going to get me warmed up. They're going to get me more confident. They're going to give me some... They're going to create motivation. Rather than waiting for it to show up, create it. Once I box off those small things, I'll move into the big thing. Or if it's something like writing, I'll set a four-minute timer. I'm going to work for four minutes. Then I'm going to walk away. Surely enough, motion starts to create emotion, the emotion of motivation. So it's as simple as that. That's, that's kind of the way that I work. I, I really like that analogy, actually, because obviously, I mean, I, I used to be a personal trainer myself, and it's amazing what, what you, you say, you know. If, if you warm up, nine yeah. times out of ten, you'll, you'll want to keep going. And I like the idea of, of closing those small windows as well, because I was actually just about to, <laughs> just about to ask, okay, well, you want the warm up for exercise? What would your warm up be for yeah. for business? And it is yeah, this case that, of that close some small windows or just set a timer for four minutes. Because the problem is the small windows that some people have spent their life closing small windows. In yeah. other words, the big shit on that to do list never gets done. <laughs> mm. You'll just do the small shit like making a Facebook post. That's often not enough. So how, how, how do you find that balance between the two? So because obviously we need to do a couple of big tasks. Yeah. You mentioned public speaking and things like this. This, this, this podcast could, could be seen as a big thing, could be seen as a small yeah. thing. So that, that, depends, how, that depends on where you're at. But one of the things that I do is I, I only set three big tasks a week. That's it, the key three. And those three things are normally involving an obstacle, not a solution. Because one of the things that we, we do inside of Unstartable is called the um, Pathfinder. And basically what we do is we'll lay out an outcome, whether it's over a month, whether it's over a year, whether it's over 90 days, whether it's over a week. And then we list all of the obstacles. And then we just work on the obstacles. Because the obstacles are the things that are stopping you. That's when you know, that's when you know it's the right task. If it's usually if it's an obstacle. That's the one that needs boxed off. If it's an obstacle, it means it's uncomfortable. It's, if it's uncomfortable, it means it's important. Mm. Simple as that. I like that. I, yeah. I like that. Yeah, yeah. So, so this, this is, um, it kind of sparks something in me that, okay, well, when, when you first do something, for yeah. instance, there could be a ton of obstacles, you know? Yeah, there is. Then after a few times of doing it, those obstacles could melt away. But then in, in the back of my mind, I'm sort of thinking, right, well, then you find three more things yeah. where, where, where there's an obstacle. So it seems, it definitely seems like there's this ongoing process of, okay, That's do, 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 do the things where there's obstacles and eventually you've got to find more things. 
if you have listed the obstacles properly, then you've hit the target. If you've tackled every obstacle, you've hit the target. Sure, more are going to definitely pop up on the way, but the obstacle is the way. There's a book called that by Ryan Holiday. The obstacle is the way. If you've, if you've hit all of the actual obstacles, and again, some are going to pop up, you will hit the outcome. And then when you hit the outcome, you've got to measure backwards. Because for a lot of people, they'll hit an outcome and they'll be like, is this it? Meh. Meh. Like you say. The problem yeah. is that is because we're comparing actual progress to ideal progress. Measure backwards, appreciate it, celebrate the win, and then move forwards and do it again. Simple as that. Yeah, so if you, like I say, if you're hitting, if you, if you are overcoming the obstacles, you'll hit the outcome. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right, so the this is me sort of looking, looking almost at thirty thousand feet now. So yeah. everything that you've said so far, it yeah. seems like the program that you run now yeah. is almost like the accumulation of everything that you've done in the past. All right, cool. So, so what, what type of people would be a best fit for this then? Because obviously there's, there's quite a lot that you would go into. Because I, I, I was going to ask, you know, what, what, drew you into, what drew you into combining the things together rather than focusing on them separately? So the first thing is I'll answer the second question first, which was I was at the lowest – one of my lowest points in my life was August 2014. December was the lowest. August – December 14, I actually got found in the sea. I disappeared for seven hours and the police pulled me out of the sea. I wasn't drowning. I was just in the sea up to my waist. Lost my right, shit. Wow. Like super bipolar. I'd been diagnosed bipolar the year before. I'd moved back to England. Super bipolar at this point. I was doing a lot of booze and a lot of drugs, but I was also making a lot of money, which funded that. But anyhow, I ended up in a program called, I ended up flying out to California for a week and doing something called Warrior Week, where I first learned this concept of the one-dimensional douchebag versus the man who has it all. That was where I was first introduced to it, and then I added my own elements. So who was a good fit? Men that have seen some level of success in their business, but are kind of lost and stuck. In other words, they need to get their shit together. That's pretty much it. And men who are ready to change. Listen, if, you're ready to, if people are ready to change, they know. If they're not ready, they're probably talking shit about me. <laughs> That's that simple. Shit. It's that simple. If they're ready, they're ready. That's why I'm not, I'm not a huge hard salesman. I'm like, listen, if you're ready, you're ready. If you're not, you're probably talking shit about me. That's how you know. <laughs> yeah. All right. So if someone wanted to, we are getting close to the end now, Paul. So I'm actually very, I'm actually still, still pumping full of energy from everything that you've said. Cause there's, I've, I've had a few conversations where I've gone, okay, we're getting up to the hour. So yeah. we'll finish where I actually want to keep going. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't know how busy you are, mate. So we'll, we'll go through the last last couple of questions. But before yeah. we, we get to that, how yeah. would you like people to, to connect with you? Someone wants to find out more about you, what you've got going on. Now, now is your chance to share that. So the fastest way to do it is via Facebook. That's as simple as that. Facebook.com forward slash Mr. Paul Mort is my uh, business page where you'll get to see all the videos. I've got one video that's, if you want, a, really, if you want a, a real description of, of who the men are that I help. There's a video on my Facebook page which has had 1.2 million views, which is right, crazy. Wow. It went a bit crazy for me. Um, that's where you're going to find that video. That's probably the best place to go. We've got websites. We've got IamPaulMort.com. We've got the UnstoppableManProject.com. The reason it's not UnstoppableBastards.com is because um, the internet doesn't particularly like that name. That's why we're changing the name from UnstoppableBastards.com to just Unstoppable. Because uh, it's hard to direct traffic to that kind of language, which is a pain in the butt, but it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. But All right, get, cool. I want to get 500 to 1,000 men in the program in 2018, and I can't do so while it's called Unstoppable Bastards. So it's as simple as that. All right, cool. Well, last last question then, really. So we're, we're at the end of... I'm actually uh, trying to keep up with the, the notes I'm writing because there's been, <laughs> been that much... <laughs> oh, I, I was going to uh, go, okay, well, what resources would you recommend and all this? Well, I'm the, good, the good news for you, Michael, is that uh, you, uh, 
you have the replay now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm going. All oh, right, I can listen to this at like times two speed. It's my normal speed. To be fair, I normally listen to to most podcasts at times two. But I'm thinking, well, fuck no. I know. I'm thinking, okay, well, between us, we we both probably speak quite quickly compared to most people. So I'm thinking, oh god, okay, half speed. Uh, the good thing is with me is that I can give you four hours worth of content in an hour. So <laughs> definitely, yeah, yeah. All right, so do you, do you have any particular, because we, we mentioned the book, Lo- Loving What Is, Byron Katie, isn't it? So that, that's, the, that's the big read that you'd recommend. It's something that I'm going to actually commit to buying, yeah. so hopefully it will turn up before Christmas. Mm. Um, and um, do, are there any, any resources for helping people that, I, I, I won't want to say want to get started, because I think we've, we've covered that. If someone wants that little bit extra, what would you recommend? Go on it. Wherever you listen to this podcast, type in Daily Diesel and you'll find my daily podcast. I do one every day, which is kind of excessive, but they're just short blasts where I just shoot the shit. So if you like what you've heard today and you like my story, I tend to just tell stories rather than preach. Um, you will, uh, you'll find it on there, the Daily Diesel. All right, awesome. And um, yeah, I'll put, I'll put links to, to everything that we've mentioned. So um if we so yeah, it'll be the the website, it'll be the the Facebook and the the, the podcast as well. Perfect, perfect. I love it, buddy. So last question, and um, it's a little bit of a, a curveball, but I know you'll you'll be able to handle it. Um, we've we've, we've had answers. That's my favorite title, balls. <laughs> we've had we've had answers ranging from the, the like chocolate cake all the way through to to things that kind of summarize everything that we've been spoken about, and um. The question is, what would you like the world to know about you that it doesn't already know? That I have two buttholes. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's is that, is... I actually have two assholes. All right, okay. Are you, are you prepared to, prepared yeah, to share you know, that? Yeah, do you know where the bottom of your coccyx is? Right yeah. at the bottom, where the, where the kind of the pointy tip is? I actually have yeah. a hole there. Ah, right, okay. It's not fully operational, however... It just um, it's like it just gets fluff caught in every now and again. So that's that, yeah. <laughs> All right, <laughs> all right, Paul. That, that, that's a very, very uh, flowery end to our yeah. show. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm actually very, very thankful that you decided to come on the show, Paul. Very yeah, grateful that you managed to take the time. It. I appreciate it, buddy. And um, I'm sure I'll speak to you again soon, mate. Take care. Have a wonderful day. <laughs>